Welcome to Las Chicas del Pod. On this podcast, we get together every week and talk with you, our besties, about any topics that you bring to us, any conversations that we might want to have, and just hang out. My name is Samantha, a.k.a. Mexican Chun-Li. And my name is Amy D. We're so happy to have you guys here. Thank you for joining us again, you guys. This week, I actually brought up the topic that we are about to discuss, and I believe that a lot of us subconsciously do this and i feel like we talk about things we subconsciously do every week yeah (laughs) um but this week i wanted to talk about bonding over trauma which of course like i said we've all done it and we might not have always been aware of it uh and i really think that it's something that we should have more awareness towards so that we can figure out you know what is a genuine Connection. connection that we've made with somebody without always necessarily relating to our trauma and the things that we've endured and the things that we've been through. Uh, And I think it's very human to do this type of behavior because you just relate. And I feel like relating to somebody brings in more connection. And it kind of like, I feel like we have these wires in our brain and the way that we've lived and the things that we've experienced that when you recognize that within somebody else, it's almost like looking in, in a mirror or mm. um, just feeling seen. Yes. Because you feel oh. like that person validated, validated because that person has experienced similar things to you. Yeah. Right. And I feel, and I don't always encounter people who have had a different background or backstory from me. But the times that I have, I almost feel like there's a certain, even like invalidating that I do of their experience or of how I perceive them. Because a lot of times what we like to do is compare Mm -hmm. and be like, hey, like I had it like this and you had it like that. Yo lo tenía así, tú lo tenías bien papita or like real easy. So you, your life has been easy and I'm just going to, you know, evaluate you as a person based on uh, what you share with me about your life, you know, and, and it's normal because I feel like we all evaluate people as we meet them and just kind of see engage where they are and, and what they've been through. But it's like you should also give people a chance that don't necessarily have the same trauma that you've <laughs> experienced in the past. But how do you feel about bonding over trauma? I've definitely done it. <laughs> I mean, I grew up, um, I think the first people we do it with is our cousins when we're growing up with them. <laughs> Facts. You know what I mean? Like you start to form groups and, in, in, you know, when you're kids and you relate to some more than others and you're like, oh, you, your dad also is not in the picture. Okay, cool. Then like we, we can kick it. We can kick it. We can. Yeah. Like we can talk about that, you know, like, oh, you're, you just got your period too. Okay. Me too. Like that's already trauma bonding, bonding over trauma, you know? So I've definitely, I definitely have done it now as an adult, I've overcome it. I think it's been on autopilot, you know, growing up where it was almost like somebody would share something that was happening in their life. And I would automatically just be like, okay, cool. Like I can be friends with them because they're not going to judge me. Mm. you know so feeling not just feeling seen and validated but feeling less judged from um from another person 
because now that I actually think about it, you guys, we pre not pre, but we recorded 20 minutes of this episode right before <laughs> recording this. And so we kind of already went through some points that I'm trying to remember. But right now, um, we had to record this all over again. The point is that I just thought about the fact that when I was younger, I didn't really share or was vulnerable with anybody. Mm. So people always felt that they could be vulnerable with me and i was i've always been a good listening ear i've always had really good advice to give i've always been like a caregiver to others and to their feelings and emotions and you know just cater to other people that people just always felt very comfortable but i never really shared things about my past however um I still felt like I was bonding over trauma because even though I wasn't sharing it with them, I knew their trauma. And so I automatically felt seen and validated, even if I wasn't sharing it. Because sometimes I feel like you'll have internal dialogue in your mind, especially when you're not. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But when you're not sharing necessarily and you're just listening it doesn't always mean that you don't have anything to say. It just means that you're not saying something at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's wild. I mean, just thinking about it that way, I I also am more aware of it, but I don't think that it's completely eradicated from my behavior. Okay. Just because I feel like it's something so natural yeah. that occurs and Autopilot. it's and it's part of uh establishing a connection with somebody because in those vulnerable moments is where it's almost like you're kind of reaching deeper into my inner being and you're seeing different sides of me and different dimensions to me and who I am as a person and what has maybe shaped me Mm -hmm. I don't believe that my trauma defines me but I do believe to an extent it kind of molded me to the type of person that I am and I do think that it can really explain a lot of my behaviors or maybe my thought patterns and obviously the behaviors that I'm trying to change as well because there are some behaviors that I'm still currently battling with that, you know, I need to work through due to my past. Mm -hmm. However, it's not the most, like, important thing about me you know because there's so much more to life than the trauma there's so much more to that it's more like what am what are my interests what do i do from a day-to-day basis what do i like to learn about like what do i like to talk about you know and just being aware that we shouldn't always just be talking about the negative things that have happened to us Mm -hmm. in our life well see you're saying all of this and i i'm like i i think that the best way to rephrase is you trying to build a connection with someone through vulnerability versus bonding over trauma you know yes because you mentioned bonding over trauma almost being necessary and i didn't want to like stop you right there because you were on a flow good job (laughs) (laughs) but i'm like i almost feel like the best way to describe that is i'm trying to build a connection with someone through vulnerability and obviously being validated and not being judged instead of bonding over trauma, you know? And I think that is important. And 
now as an adult, what I'm learning is that when we lead with our with um, our trauma or trying to bond over trauma, it's almost like we are telling other people that it's okay for them to put us through the gutter again because we'll be all right. Oh, so, you know, yeah. and as you were saying that I'm like now as an adult, I have more discernment and I, I am careful over the things that I share with others and over the things that I want to bond over and how vulnerable I want to be with a certain individual, depending on how close they are to me and whether or not that can benefit either of us. Because if me sharing my trauma is not going to benefit me or you, then there's no point in us sharing the past anymore. Because every time we share it, we continue to relive that. Yeah, that's and we put true. our bodies through the same stress. Yeah, and I'm I'm just thinking about this right now. Like I hadn't thought about it before, you know. But that's the importance of even doing these episodes. That in these moments we come to realizations that it's like we don't have to necessarily go through life by bonding over trauma. Over trauma, right? And it is something that I have done in the past. It is something that, um, I mean, I shared with you, you know before and and i've shared a lot with you guys on social media um, but even you know when we recorded this 15 minutes ago um i started to talk about how in the past i have shared with friendships and with romantic partners very vulnerable situations that have happened in my life and i've shared them of course with the public because i've always felt that anything i share with you guys that's vulnerable can help at least one person and if it does then i did my job you know and and doing what i had to do however it's always for the positive right it's always like yeah i went through this but look i overcame and i'm good and so you will be good too Right. But when I was young, I didn't have this discernment when I was young. It was very much like, let's, you know, like, oh, your parents are divorced. Mine are too. Oh, you also don't have a dad. Mine isn't present either. Let's link. Yeah. Like, (laughs) let's hang out. Let's. um, Or even what we said earlier. Oh, you like Tyler, the creator. Oh, me too. Okay, best friends. Yeah. You know, that's kind of how we built relationships growing up, not knowing that. I mean, I th- I think it's human. I think it's human, period. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's very human. And I feel like it's something that as long as you have awareness as it's happening, I feel like it, it, it will help out a lot yeah. because then you can really compartmentalize you know, this is the like shared trauma that we have potentially bonded over or that we could potentially bond over. However, what besides this? Right. You know, and I I shared earlier (laughs) how a big, huge, like, I feel like component of bonding over trauma is work environments, Mm -hmm. right? Because you are all in the same environment. You're all exposed to the same hierarchy of people you're under the same umbrella uh whatever happens within your workplace you might all experience it or even just care to know like what's going on you know and for me like i the time that i dated in the workplace we talked about you know i was like 21 22 i was pretty young and i came to realize like hey like 
yeah, we both like corridos, but like besides that, like what other substance have we really talked about besides work and corridos? And it was like Nothing. crickets. Yeah, <laughs> because there was not a lot of like deep conversations com- and their compatibility. Pro- and there probably was conversations around I've been through this and, you know, and, and that it's almost like a false sense of closeness mm. because you also said uh, earlier how even within a household, how siblings and like they're basically going through very similar experiences as you, but it impacts each of you differently. Yeah. Right. So it's a false sense of familiarity at the same time, because even if let's say our, both our parents had been divorced, it's like, your parents' divorce would be different from my parents' divorce at that point. And there's different ages. Even if it's the same age, same town, neighbors, you yeah. know, it's experience a it the, completely the different. different experience. Yeah, We are a different egg and, you know, sperm. Yeah. Like, it just well, everything. Well, in the same household, it's experienced different. Right. You true. Know? Very true. An example that I've given before or an example that I like to think about is somebody who's growing up poor versus somebody who's growing up rich. Yeah. Right? And somebody who grew up rich has no idea how the person that grew up poor felt, what they went through, and just overall even some of the skills that they've had to acquire acquire in order to be able to be where they're at now versus somebody who might have been given everything and was privileged and not that it's bad to be privileged because i don't think so i think we have we've we would all want to be privileged at some point of course there's different worlds right with the poor and the rich and usually you don't see rich people hanging out with poor people and you don't see poor people hanging out with rich people because even in society levels like it's a completely different world right um so i think it's important even now as adults or however old you are um as 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 soon as you become aware that you're bonding over trauma in your relationships or in friendships, it's realizing that the people that you have closest to you have the most impact in your life. And so however old you are, you can have somebody who is ambitious or you can be the ambitious one. And if you're hanging out really close to somebody who isn't wanting to put in the work, who just wants to be pushed around, who just wants to do the bare minimum, eventually you will become like them as well and vice versa. When you hang out with people who are ambitious, who are go-getters, who are responsible, who hold you accountable, you will also begin to get the same attributes for yourself and for those that surround you. So I think it's always important to start to make connections as soon as you become aware with people who have attributes and skills that you also want to gain for you, your future and for your family's future. And in the contrary, what we do most of the time is that we bond over the trauma that we've endured in the in past. The past. Yeah. So we so we start friendships and relationships based on our past versus starting from a clean slate from today forward. And what we like to do is we like to share with our friends or those people who we think are our friends or are going to be our friends, our potential friends and partners. We like to share um, a lot of the trauma that we've been through so that we can feel seen and validated. And even still now, as a 29 year old, I am learning that 
I have to validate and see myself because most of the times I want to be seen and validated by a partner or by friends because I wasn't seen or validated by my parents. As a child. And as a child. So, um, I mean, I've definitely bonded over trauma, you know, like it's definitely happened in my relationships. It's definitely, it's happened at work up until some point because it has been a long time since I've set really strong boundaries at work. And I literally only hang out with one person outside of work. Right. Um, and that's because I fully trust her and I fully obviously know that that's that she's also basically into the same things you know Uh, but something else that I've mentioned is not wanting to be the smartest of the group or not wanting to be the the most the one that everybody looks uh up to yeah you know like making sure that the group of people that you have around you you know yeah you can have a fun friend you can have a positive friend you can have somebody who's established somebody who's got their own business somebody who's doing a little like better than you and not looking down on you for that or holding that down to you you know but you don't want to have people who you have to be getting out of the hole constantly because most times gravity is going to do its job and guess what? You're going down in that hole with them. You're not going to be able to pull them because eventually they're going to get so heavy that you'll end up in the same hole. Yeah. I also mentioned how there is a big difference because, yes, you don't want to constantly pull someone out of the gutter and, and be be around stagnant people. And I feel like there's a, a thin line because we all experience hardships. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's always going to be a scale that you're weighing, like Lil Wayne says, um, between sins and forgiveness. I'm just kidding. But um, there's going to be a scale on whether the, that this person brings you more good or bad, mm-hmm. right? And you always want it to be more good than bad. Yeah. Right? Uh, and also, I think a big difference between someone who's a go-getter and someone who is stagnated for a long period of time is the lack of action yeah right and people have to really understand that yes we have probably all experienced times where it's so hard to get up in the morning and it's so hard to even brush your teeth and and like move on with your life but then at the same time the longer you are in the lack of action mentality or in the lack of action action state the worst things get for you mm-hmm. and the the probably sometimes even like you lose people in your life that were contributing positively to it because you're stuck in in that rut and in in that situation mm-hmm. um so i think it's very important to always kind of take inventory in your life and see what people are still you know we talk about a roster when it comes to dating and stuff like that, but there's also a roster with friendships for sure. Well, you know, there's disconnects, you know, you start to disconnect with people uh, or there's, there's disconnections. You start to disconnect with people based on whether or not they're coming with you to the fight or they're stagnant behind there because of whatever reason. Right. And again, that's not to say that you don't hold space or grace for those or love for those people who are going through a hardship right now in this moment and it's not like you completely x them out of your life and bye no of course not especially when they are close friendships especially when that's your partner especially like you show up for people 
you know, you care for people. You don't give up on people. I truly believe in not giving up on a friendship, on a relationship until I have exhausted everything that I have in my ability to help. Yeah. Right. Once I, I know that I have done everything in my power to show grace, to be peaceful, to be compassionate, to be loving and there is still no action or there is still disrespect or I still feel like or I still feel that they don't care for the connection enough then that's when I remove myself from the situation well like I feel like a big discouragement too is when um you want to help somebody but they don't even want to help themselves yeah for sure you know I, I feel like that for me is a big like component of whether or not i'm going to fight for this connection or fight for this friendship or or relationship um but in regards to bonding over trauma i feel like it's good to be aware of it but i feel like at some point we might all feel a little bit bonded over trauma but when i brought this topic to you i mentioned it as trauma bond right yeah i mentioned it as a trauma bond because that's the understanding that i had where it was like oh yeah we form trauma bonds over things that we've been through right but then i you educated me like you like <laughs> fucking soldier boy. um you educated me on the fact that you know therapy wise and i guess psychology wise i mean psychological wise trauma bonding is a different thing yeah and i was not aware of that i'm like huh yeah well i think we use you know because and this is something that i recently learned as well because i used to also say that oh it's a trauma bond with this person because i bonded over trauma there is a difference between bonding over trauma versus having a trauma bond with someone and i'll read to you guys the exact definition off of google And when Sam brought this up to me, I told her, I was like, well, what do you understand as a trauma bond? And so she basically, you know, shared with me exactly what she just said now. And I said, because I recently had a, you know, talk with my therapist and she brought it up in a completely different manner. And then I Googled it and it's definitely what she had said. I was like, so I also, (laughs) you know, learned this not too long ago. Okay. So trauma bonding is the attachment an abused person feels for their abuser, specifically in a relationship with a cyclical pattern of abuse. This is not the one I read to you. Um, initially, I don't know exactly where, what I did with that one. Um, but basically you have somebody who's emotionally abusing you and, or even physically or physically, right. Um, so you have somebody who's physically or emotionally abusing you and you as the victim continue to be or want to be in that friendship or relationship because you feel some sort of attachment to them. So it's not that you're bonding over the trauma that you have both endured is the fact that you have almost a narcissistic person who or an abusive person who is literally abusing you in different ways. And you continue to come back to them because there's a trauma that has or a bond that has bonded over the trauma that they are um, giving you. Yes. So. 
that is a completely different thing than bonding over you and I, both of our parents divorcing. And now we can talk about the same things. It's I am abusing you emotionally or physically and you continue to come back because of the attachment that you have towards this abuse and the person. And it's almost like the familiarity that you have with that sort of dynamic, like the push and pull. Yes, it's the push and pull because you already know what's going to happen anyway. Mm -hmm. Isn't it crazy that we can um, we can almost guess even when we're being abused, we can almost guess how the abuser is going to act, but we continue to come (laughs) back for more. Yeah, because it's it's the familiarity of it all, because obviously you experienced that dynamic in childhood or some in adult being adolescent, whatever age you did, then you meet somebody and it's like you it's almost like deja vu and nostalgia that you're very familiar with it, whereas probably a healthy connection it's very unfamiliar and very scary. And something <laughs> you know? that I shared with you was that we usually trauma bond with people who mirror the same actions that we lacked from our primary caregivers. Yeah. So I will say this for me, for example, I felt that both of my parents were very caring and loving. But on the opposite of that, I didn't feel validated by either of them. And I didn't feel seen by either of them. And what happened with me with a person who I, you know, had a trauma bond to, he was also the same way. He was very loving and caring, but on the opposite, he also did not validate my feelings and did not see me. And so I felt the, so, you know, he wasn't emotionally abusing me and he also wasn't physically abusing me, but I felt bonded by this person because they were mirroring the same behavior that I was getting as a child. So a small part of me from my childhood hasn't or hadn't been healed. Therefore, I kept that attachment towards this person. So I kind of want to like piggyback to where you said that he wasn't emotionally abusing you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of different types of emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. And I think that oftentimes when we hear abuser we villainize that person Mm -hmm. and so in our mind we hear the word abuser and we're like oh an abuser is a bad person so when i meet a bad person i will tell i can tell off the bat that they are a bad person and they are an abuser however we need to humanize abusers because they are very normal like they're just like any other person they've just been hurt before right right and so i feel like i'm not saying that you are i'm saying like overall i feel like we almost need to not necessarily not change the terminology at all but um just be cognizant and aware of the fact that abuse it comes in so many different forms and so many different levels that even the push and pull is abusive, emotional abuse in a, in a sense, you know? Right. Because it's like we are becoming so close and, and, you know, I'm feeling very activated by 
your words and by the intimacy that I feel like we're sharing by being vulnerable and stuff like that. And then the next day you're cold. That's abusive. Yes. But that person doesn't know and they're not doing it consciously. Of course. There's yeah. a difference. And, and that's kind oh, of almost okay, why okay. I didn't want to talk about abuse overall. And I'll just say this to you guys, because there, there's people who intentionally abuse you oh, and yeah, intentionally yeah. emotionally abuse you. In this case, in my case, and, and, you know, because I decided to open it up, like this person is not and was not even aware that this is what's happening because they're not even aware of their own emotional awareness. Mm -hmm. Right. So it doesn't apply to everybody. Everybody's case is different. And obviously this is the case that I'm sharing and opening up with you guys between my therapist and I because it's very personal, right? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't apply the same way to everyone else. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I just, like I said, I feel like the when it comes to emotional abuse, there are different levels to it. Yeah. And I think in my personal experience, uh, I feel it's it's similar in the sense of like, the times where I've experienced emotional abuse, it has never been to to like a drastic extent or, oh. or, or even intentional, of course, like because most of the people that have, you know, somehow hurt me in an emotional way. I don't believe that they were consciously doing it. And even and sometimes even when they are consciously doing it, in my mind, I've also thought like you're so unaware that you're doing it out of spite or whatever it is but it's because you're so unaware of like even your reasoning behind it like you're just acting like out or trauma. lashing out from your own stuff right so that's the type of abuse that i'm speaking on but definitely there are genuine abusers yeah. and, and there is but i also feel like it's important to highlight the fact that you could be emotionally abused in the in the most subtle way. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a lot of people don't see it that way until yeah. maybe either it escalates or like at some point you just reflect on it and then you mm -hmm. come to that realization. And that's a thing, right? Like the conversation between my therapist and I, I was like, well, my parents were both caring and loving, you know? And then she was like, well, what about the opposite? And then... It's not that they purposely didn't validate my feelings. It's not that they purposely like I was the strongest of the of the of the three and and they didn't have to worry about me, you know? Like that's how they felt. But they didn't realize that as a child I still needed certain attention that wasn't given. Yeah. Right? And so that's why I'm saying that it wasn't intentional even from my parents. And then it turns out that later on in life, I encounter a person who's literally mirroring the same behavior and yeah. the same characteristics and not intentionally. I think that's when it's important when you're aware to know whether or not somebody is doing it intentionally or unintentionally and whether or not you create space with people friendships or romantic partners or friend like whomever right or work relationships or whether or not you keep a surface level whether or not you want to continue a connection with people when i after we talked about how trauma bonding like i had to find it or i had the wrong idea or the different concept of it which is bonding over trauma. Mm -hmm. And I was looking into trauma bonding automatically. 
we talked about attachment styles mm-hmm. the avoidant attached and anxiously attached came up like oh, on really? my feed all together yeah and it's like that is the trauma bond almost. yeah well that's that is the abuser and the abuse yes right like the avoidant leaves and the anxious wants them there and you know what's <laughs> wild because i mean this is a little bit you know off topic in the sense of like to an extreme but i was watching videos about it and they were basically saying how this type of push and pull type of uh psychological almost warfare that you can inflict onto something is that is the type of um abuse or the type of tactics that people use on like prisoners and like war criminals and that type of thing Mm -hmm. and it's just wild to think that at some point we have defined it as love and a person that loves us or like a relationship and accepted that as our dynamic when it's literally like definitely not a form like not a healthy form of love yeah and that's i think a lot of us make the the mistake of well our parents made it we can make it too right yeah they have been abused their whole life or you know they have been accepting bare minimum or you know we see the behavior from our caregivers who are supposed to be the intelligent ones or or the ones who we look up to and we think that if they made it our kids will make it too and instead of trying to provide a better house or a better environment loving an environment for those of you who you love you know and I think it comes again with wanting to be aware doing the research and looking to see how you even go from a trauma bond to a healthy bond right because those people who aren't intentionally trying to hurt you you could go from a trauma bond to a um, to a healthy bond once you heal whatever happened in your childhood and once and 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 once you heal that relationship with with your parents even if or or your primary caregivers even if you they're not here anymore you know but even through forgiveness and really working through even doing those things for yourself and making sure that you're you see you that you validate you and that you don't look for it outside of of yourself yeah no that's huge i feel like that's definitely huge to try to to avoid that and with within the trauma bond spectrum i agree with you that if there is a willingness for both parties to work on the dynamic and a willingness to work through those triggers that come with trauma bonding i think it could really establish a strong connection Mm -hmm. but at the same time it takes so much work that a lot of us are not in the place or position to or willing or willing to to do that you know and And it's it's recognizing whether or not especially if you're the anxiously attached or you're the person who is being emotionally abused to recognize whether or not that person who subconsciously or however you want to say is is inflicting that on you if they're even willing to really change their behaviors or really correct themselves because it takes a lot of accountability on their part as well yeah no and and this even you know you're saying all of that and all i can think of is even friends as well because i've lost friendships who um 
just the same way, right? I have created the space that I felt needed to be created because as aware as you may think that you are, there's still so much that you're not willing to hold yourself accountable for in order for me to continue a friendship with you mm-hmm. because of the ways that you are hurting me. Yeah. That I have spoke about, that I have shared, and there's still no behavior there's still no change behavior. <laughs> I think with any dynamic, if there is no change behavior after, you know, you have shared your hurt with people, then you have all of the right to make the room and make space and remove yourself from situations that are hurting you and i think one of the best ways right i always talk about being in tune and i always talk about being in touch with your body and really listening to it one of the things that i think is really important um is to really sit in silence for 10 minutes and try to quiet your mind and meditate as much as you can because you really start to learn how to read your body and this is when when you are in the presence of another human being depending on how your body reacts to that presence is whether or not your nervous system is calm and at peace with that energy or it's not and usually when we feel butterflies or when we feel like these extreme emotions where our heart is just pounding and almost getting off of our chest, we think that we're just so in love and that we just love this person so, so much. And that's why our body can't take it. But really is your nervous system going all the way to the sky, telling you that you are not even safe with this person. It's like fight or flight mode. Yeah. But you don't realize it. Your body puts you in in fight or flight mode. And when you don't have the discernment to understand your body or when you are not in tune with your own body, you think that it's love and you think that it's pure and that you're just so excited to see this person or to be around, you know, someone. But really is your body telling you that that is not good. And that's what we talked about. Your body rejecting it. Yeah. No, that's what we talked about before too is that a lot of people are not aware that in your gut and your stomach you have another brain you have another a whole other your intuition and your nervous system is all having to do with your your gut mm-hmm. and it's crazy because we are almost taught to ignore those feelings like if you're let's say you're at school and they're like oh tienes que dar presentación and it's like you gotta get over your nerves to do it right and it's normal like you do have to put yourself out there and you do have to be outside of your comfort zone but i feel like in some of those instances where you'd start learning like okay like i just gotta get over this feeling and whatever don't have that same approach when it comes to interpersonal relationships yeah i mean I, I think that the example of giving a presentation is just you breathing and getting over um, the nervousness yeah. versus, for example, you walking out on the street and all of a sudden feeling like this bad vibe that we call because some random person passed by. And it's like, listen to if you felt that bad vibe, that's your intuition telling you you shouldn't be walking through there. Yeah. 
you know so i think that's that's where i'm talking about if we really listen to ourselves and to our body and the way that it's reacting and even you know once you do get to feel that way and you sitting and even touching you know your stomach and your heart with both hands and like breathing in and out like breathing and breath work actually does wonders for your body because you learn how to calm your nervous system down and reset it and reset mm-hmm. and be able to go through you know i recently even went through through doing that and in yoga i've learned a lot of breath work right and um recently i was somewhere that i just my my i was walking and my body just kind of started to shake right and i was like what do i do what do i do like in that moment i didn't I didn't know it was almost like fight or flight mode my body right my mind was good but I felt something in my body that was like in shock almost so I was at a place where I can sit down I literally sat down and I just started to breathe was breathing through my nose and I was doing counts of like one two three four and then I would hold my breath for another four seconds and then I would release in four as well so like four three two one and that really calms calm my my nervous system down and I was able to continue Mm -hmm. you know but those of us who have gone through anxiety attacks it's basically a lack of us being able to even breathe and regulate our own nervous system because of all the things that are happening within our minds and our lives and everything, you know? So there's ways and there's things that we can learn to be able to be more intentional about our peace. Um, But I think overall, right? Like when it comes to bonding over trauma, we should be more aware of not doing that anymore. And when we meet new people, sharing with them or bonding over positive things versus things in the past that we can't even no longer change. I think that is a way of, you know, like just starting better relationships with people and not to say that you're never going to be vulnerable with your partner and share some of the things that have happened in your past if that ever comes along but I don't think it's something that we have to lead with exactly it's the leading with it that will really get you messed up because that's the foundation that you're you're starting Mm -hmm. with you know you want to start the foundation with like What are your values? What are your goals? Like, do those align? Mm -hmm. And then somewhere down the line, of course, things like that will will come up and it's it's normal and it's it's valid and it's vulnerable, but definitely not the leading with that. Yeah, and in, in friendships either. Yeah. But and also when you're when you're of a sound mind and people lead with that, it's a red flag. Yeah, well, you're aware of it. You yes. Know? You're aware. And so you are almost trying to put two and two together as to why they are leading with that. It's almost like when you first meet someone and they already automatically start telling you about their ex. What? You know, or a friend who you're trying to talk to and they're having issues with with a friend and they don't see their own fault 
in that while Mm -hmm. they're telling you you're like wait hold on you don't see that this is also something you have done and what you're doing just based off of the conversation you're telling me because i don't know your other friend and i also don't know you and that's also your biased uh your biased opinion uh, (laughs) recount of everything so it's like damn if your biased recount i can see the holes in it yeah like then imagine you know the what is it the three sides to everything his or her side like one side one side and then the truth it's yeah her mind and the truth yeah or his mind and the truth (laughs) there's always three (laughs) sides to every story um yeah because we all recollect things based on our feelings and based on what we thought happened right like we all make our own stories and our own books and our own chapters and lord it's just it's part of it you know but overall (laughs) i think there's definitely ways um to get out of trauma bonding and also uh, of bonding over trauma with people. Um, I always like to encourage you guys to, to do the research, you know, don't just go based off of even the things that we tell you because we all have different experiences. And just because your experience is worse than mine, doesn't mean that mine didn't feel just as bad and vice versa. You know, like I can never come and tell you that this is no big deal. You shouldn't be feeling bad over that because that's how you felt. And that's how your body reacted. And that's how you didn't feel validated when you were a kid, or that's how you grew up. Like your experience is your experience and yours only. And nobody gets to tell you how to feel about something that hurt your feelings. Boom. If your feelings are hurt, they're hurt. And all I can do as somebody who has hurt them is apologize. And if I'm giving the chance to, of course, apologize and tell you that this isn't going to happen again, or I'm going to do my best to not continue this behavior and that you have all the power to call me out next time that I do. Cause I, I also, you know, when people bring stuff up to me, I don't like to say I'm never going to do this again. I don't believe in the never because I'm also human and I'm imperfect and I'm bound to make mistakes and I'm about to repeat mistakes, but I will hold myself accountable and I will tell you that I'm going to do my very best to not make the same mistake again and to have some compassion and grace for that mistake in case it does happen again. That does not mean that... I'm going to continue to make it three times in the next three days because I'm imperfect. No, like I also have to hold myself accountable. And the same way I hold myself accountable, I hold others accountable, right? So I don't believe in the word never because I truly don't think that we're perfect. So we're all bound to, you know, especially when we have had patterns for however long you, however long and however old you are. Like I'm 29, I'm sure I have some patterns I have done since I was freaking born. You know, I'm not gonna change from one day to the next, but you best believe that I'm not the same person I was last month. Or you're gonna see effort behind and yeah. action behind the words. Yeah, you for sure see effort and behind and that and that's what I'm saying, you know, like I'm not gonna tell you that it's never gonna happen. I'm just gonna say that I'm gonna do my very best for it not to continue this way. And I'm for sure, you're, you're for sure gonna see my actions. And I think um, like something really important for a lot of us who have been in the people pleasing arena is to take a lot of time to just feel how you're feeling and, and evaluate how you really are feeling about any connection or any situation. Yeah. Sometimes. Because sometimes we forget 
we forget and we also overextend ourselves yeah but i can say that about me who you know as a caregiver i have overextended in many connections and i have tried to help in many ways and i have tried um to reconnect with people or hold space for people who may not be as aware or who may not be in a place of I don't even know what to call it (laughs) (laughs) but I have I have held space and I continue to hold space because I am a forgiving person however there's always a limit to the disrespect that I won't take you know and and that there's that standard and there is that boundary that I have with myself exactly that if I feel disrespected or disregarded or not validated or not seen or not important or not valued or not valued in somebody's life there is absolutely no point in me trying to connect with someone that has no effort behind the words that they have shared in the past boom yeah no that's true that's just what it is you know so it's really holding ourselves accountable you guys (laughs) i think that's what that is that that's what it is you know like through all this is holding this is for you this is not because i'm sure we all think of others you know as we're doing this obviously as i'm going through this i'm like oh yeah i have a friend i have a this i have a that like that have that i have experienced this with and as we're talking you're thinking about yourself and those people that are that you're surrounded by or that have left your life or that you have left but it's really for ourselves you know so unless you have anything else that's it for me she waiting for me to close that's it for me yeah i mean this is the the i do the intro i do the intro you fucking you know take it out the ballpark at the end yes Woo! oh we need to go to a baseball game sam i know you don't like them but it's a good place to go i mean i i I don't mind going i just don't be paying attention me neither i just i go for the fun yeah yeah right i mean i don't drink beer anymore which i feel like that what is that it's you know dodgers it's like micheladas and stuff like that but but there's i could do stuff. seltzer i could do yeah, seltzer i could do, do some other things a little wine or yes, something definitely we're in season you're gonna catch us at the dodger game very soon how about that <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys well thank you for being with us another episode let us know down below in the comments anything if you learned anything about trauma bonding versus Um, bonding over trauma because I for sure learned this in the past month she recently learned it I think over the weekend so I think you know we're all learning and continuing to grow but let us know down below in the comments your thoughts and yeah we love you thank you for being here thank you for listening to us on apple spotify and watching us on youtube thank you for leaving all the reviews and all the comments and the likes and sharing them on your instagram stories we love to reshare them we do so Yes, another week, another episode. Until the next one, we will see you guys later. Bye. Bye.